With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82. A Psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good evening, everyone, on the east coast of the United States the central reason of the United States. And it's still in the afternoon, actually it's in the evening in, in uh, California and the western part of the United States and around the world, whatever time zone. Shalom, peace. This is Kennard Brown speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. This program is for people who truly, and I mean truly, want to know what the Bible says. It's not for people who want to twist the scriptures to their own destruction to make it sound the way they want it so they can do what they want to do. This program isn't for you. This program also is for people who realize that they need to repent. Repent, repent. Repent means to shuva in Hebrew, and it means to change. We all have something wrong with us, and we all need to change. Because if we do not change, folks, Yeshua or Jesus Christ, Yeshua Messiah, states that we will all perish. And I'm sure that people that are listening to me right now don't want to perish. In Luke chapter 13, starting in verse 3, in the King James Version, it states, I tell you, nay, but except you repent, due to Shuva, change, you shall all likewise perish. In verse 5, he says, I tell you, nay, but except you repent, which means change, you shall all likewise perish. What do we need to change, ladies and gentlemen? Our behavior, how we treat God and how we treat mankind. That is what we need to do. If we don't do that, we will not enter the kingdom of God, ladies and gentlemen. So this is a special broadcast. I'm going to go over some things here. Um, the Jewish holidays are very interesting because major events have occurred on the Jewish holidays. One holiday that's happening uh, on the 16th of July is Shishabah. And I'm going to read this uh, article again that I read last week uh, from Chabad.org. Um, who knows, something may happen around this time. Uh, things have happened in the past, so we need to pay attention. And it states right here, the article from Chabad.org, what happened on the 9th of Av. It says, the 9th of Av, Tishabah, commemorates a list of catastrophes so severe as clearly a day, especially cursed by God. Picture this. The year is 1313 BCE. The Israelites are in the desert, recently having experienced miraculous exodus and are now poised to enter the promised land. But first they dispatch a mission to assist in formulating a prudent battle strategy. The spies return on the eighth day of Av and report that the land is unconquerable. That night, the knife of Av, the people cry. They insist that they'd rather go back to Egypt than be slaughtered by the Canaanites. God is highly displeased by this public demonstration of distrust in his power. And consequently, that generation of Israelites, of Israelites rather, never enters the Holy Land. 
Only their children have that privilege after wandering in the desert for another 38 years. Now, the first temple was also destroyed on the 9th of Av in 423 BCE. Five centuries later, in 69 CE, as the Romans drew closer to the second temple, ready to torch it, the Jews were shocked to realize that their second temple was destroyed the same day as the first. When the Jews rebelled against Roman rule, they believed that their leader, Simon bar Kuchba, which I think was another false messiah, would fulfill their messianic longings. But their hopes were cruelly dashed in 133 CE as the Jewish rebels were brutally butchered in the final battle at Batar, the date of the massacre, of course, the 9th of Av. One year after their conquest of Batar, the Romans plowed over to the Temple Mount, our nation's holiest site. Now, the Jews were expelled from England in 1290 CE on, you guessed it, Chishaba. In 1942, the Golden Age of Spain came to a close when Queen Isabella and her husband, Ferdinand, ordered that the Jews be banished from the land. The Edict of Expulsion was signed on March 31, 1492, and the Jews were given exactly four months to put their affairs in order and leave the country. The Hebrew date on which no Jew was allowed any longer to remain in the land where he had enjoyed welcome and prosperity, oh, by now you should know it, the ninth of Av. Ready just for one more? World War II and the Holocaust, historians conclude, was actually the long-drawn-out conclusion of World War I that began in 1914. And yes, amazingly enough, Germany declared war on Russia, effectively catapulting the first world war into motion on the 9th of our Tisha B'a. What do you make of all this? Jews see this as another confirmation of the deeply held conviction that history is in haphazard events, even terrible ones, are part of a divine plan and have spiritual meaning. And again, as I stated in the last program I gave, I'm going to state this again using scriptures. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9. The thing that have been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun prophecy has a tendency to repeat itself ladies and gentlemen so let's pay attention to the ninth of Av. based on what has happened in the past who knows something may happen in the future we need to watch and pray so that we will be able to escape the things that are coming ladies and gentlemen so if i were you i would pay attention to july 16th Okay, let's talk about what is the Great Tribulation. This is a special program, and I know that people perhaps are wondering when the Great Tribulation will begin. Uh, There's great wickedness in this world right now. Let's turn to uh, Luke chapter 17, because I want to explain something perhaps that may have never been realized before. Uh, Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Starting in verse 24. Luke 17, verse 24. For as the lightning that lighteth out of one part under heaven shines into the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. Verse 25, But first, must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation? And as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. Verse 29. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Do you know what the sins of Sodom are, ladies and gentlemen? Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 16 and find out. Why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, ladies and gentlemen. Because he said the end times would be similar to Sodom and Gomorrah. 
Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread. In other words, we can have too much. An abundance of idleness, which is laziness. And her daughters, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. It sounds to me like this is America, ladies and gentlemen. Sounds like us perfectly, doesn't it? little disclaimer here. Israel, whenever you see Israel in the Bible, is not referring to just the Jews. It's also referring to 11 other tribes. The Jews are considered part of the tribe of Judah. This is all listed in Genesis chapter 49. But geographically today, the tribes are located in this in these geographical, the following geographical areas. The United States, the British Commonwealth of Nations, the countries in northwestern Europe, including the British Isles, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, South Africa, of course, anyone that believes in Yeshua Messiah as their Savior is automatically grafted into the Commonwealth of Israel. For further proof, both biblical and secular, of this, go to www.britam.org and take a good look at Yara Davidi's excellent website that proves this without a shadow of a doubt. Now, that is if you believe his material, which he has all kinds of proof. Now, Let's go back to Luke chapter 17 so that you understand now that those sins of Sodom exist today in this end time, in these end times. And so in verse 29, he says, But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. This is Luke chapter 17, verse 29, verse 30. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And in verse 31, In that day... He which shall be upon the housetop, and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. In verse 32 of Luke chapter 17, remember Lot's wife. She looked back. That's why she was killed. Verse 33, you don't want to look back. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. This simply means if all you're concerned about is saving your uh, your rear end, basically, that, that's all you're concerned about, then you're not going to make it. You have to be concerned about other people's rear ends as far as saving them, too. And you should be more concerned primarily of your spirituality, your eternal life. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. So what I want you to understand is this. How many people was preserved or protected in the days of Noah? Only eight. How many people was protected and preserved during the days of Lot? Just three. It would have been four if his wife didn't turn her head back and rebel and went against what the angel told her. But three. So, what I'm going to explain to you is that Yeshua stated plainly that these days are like the days of Noah and Lot. So we're going to have the similar social characteristics. And that certainly includes not too many people listening and obeying to the words of God. There's another scripture that proves this. In Matthew chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the ten virgins. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five were foolish. That they were foolish, they that were foolish, rather, took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels and with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and they slept. So this is interesting. It says that these 
virgins, all of them, even the wise, all slumbered and slept, indicating that the majority virgins is a is a nickname for the people of God, the believers of God. And it states plainly that they all slumbered and slept, which means the vast majority of them did. And in verse 6, and at midnight there was a cry. Now, have you ever wondered why man was inspired to create the doomsday clock? <laughs> Whenever I read this scripture, I think about the doomsday clock. Because at midnight, what's going to happen? There's going to be a great cry. At midnight, nuclear bombs will be let loose or some kind of other destruction that could destroy the world or destroy it to a point where we're bombed into the nuclear... We're in the buggy days. Okay? But anyway, and at midnight, there was a cry made, and that word cry in the original Greek, if you look up the word cry in the original Greek, means outcry of torment or grief. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go out to meet him. All right? So this prophecy reveals that we really... As a whole, most people on this earth, and even most people among God's true assembly, don't take Yah serious or God serious unless there's catastrophe, unless there's something that occurs major. Because in verse 7, then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us of of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Now, this is similar to what he described in Luke chapter 17. He, he said that people are going to be about their own business during Noah and the days of Lot, and then all of a sudden, sudden destruction. Sudden destruction. And that's what's going to occur in the end times, folks. And once people are woke up, then they'll start taking the great God seriously. But that's just the way that it works. It's going to be a few people that are strong for God, but the vast majority are not going to be um, for God. So that prophecy in Luke chapter 17 is very significant. It tells you there's not going to be that many people prior to the tribulation because in Luke chapter 17 he talked about uh, the housetop. Let's go back there again. I want to show you that he's talking about the beginning of the tribulation. Luke chapter 17 beginning in uh, Yeah, let me just read this again so you get the context. Luke 17, verse 29. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day in which he shall in that day he which shall be upon the housetop, and in the stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remembers Lot's wife. Okay, so if you look at another scripture, let's turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 20, chapter 24, when he describes the, the Great Tribulation. Uh, he says the same thing here in Luke chapter 24, verse 17. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. So obviously he's comparing the, the beginning of the tribulation to what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah, which is kind of frightening. Verse 18, neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. Verse 19, and woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. Verse 20, but pray ye that you your flight be not into in the winter, neither on a Shabbat day or Sabbath day. For then shall be great, not little, but great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time nor ever shall be, and except those days should be shortened. There should be no flesh saved. No flesh shall be saved. That should give you a hint that he's talking about the time, a generation of man, where we have hydrogen bombs and nuclear bombs. Because in the first century, with the population in the first century just being 200 million people, that was not possible for uh, people to be blown off this earth where no one would be alive. But it certainly is possible today. And he says, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. 
which is interesting again. All right, so it appears, ladies and gentlemen, that we really don't have that much time left. All right, and let me explain to you. In verse 34, Mark, not Mark, but Matthew chapter 24, verse 34. Matthew chapter 24, verse 34. Verily I say unto you, this generation, and he's not talking about the generation that he lived in, but the future generation where all these things are going to occur. This generation, the 21st century, shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. What things? The things he was talking about in this chapter. Now, a generation in reference to man's years is 70. 80 if you're strong. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 90. Psalms chapter 90. Psalms chapter 90. Starting in verse 10. The days of our years are three score years and ten, that's seventy. And if by reason of strength, four score years. So when did we acquire the nuclear bomb, folks? In 1945, August of 1945. I think it's August 6th of 1945 we detonated um, a nuclear bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That began a nuclear age. We, God had allowed mankind to finally tap into the power of the universe, the atom. And ever since then, we've been in the nuclear bomb generation since 19, August 6th of 1945. Now, if you add 70 years to that, you have 2015. But if you add 80 years to that, you have 2025. So um, that's the the time based on, he said, this generation shall not come to pass. Now, you could... Use another scenario you can use when the Jews obtained the Temple Mount back in 1967. You can add 70 years to that. And if you add 70 years to that, you get uh, 2037, if my uh, math is correct. And if you add, um, yeah, if you add uh, 80 years to that, you get. 2047. So we can do that in either way with what's going on in the world in reference to the gay stuff in this country. That is the gauge that we need to look for. Because what caused God to finally destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? The act of homosexuality. And it's the same, again, with with homosexuality just being inculcated all over the United States, basically. And it doesn't seem to be stopping. It seems to be uh, uh, an increase in trying to to allow um, same-sex marriage in every state legally. That's certainly a sign, ladies and gentlemen, that society is breaking down. And so getting back to what the Great Tribulation is, Let's understand what the Great Tribulation is and what we need to do to prepare for it. Because it's going to come, ladies and gentlemen, and, and we really need to, to prepare for it. Uh, we can't assume that the world is going to stay the way it is. It's not, ladies and gentlemen. So, let's read the famous scripture that Jesus refers to when it comes to the Great Tribulation. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. So to understand what he's talking about, you have to go to Daniel. Stand in a holy place. So it's going to be something standing in a built temple. And he says, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let him which is in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him is on a housetop. Okay, so again. He's comparing the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah with the beginning of the Great Tribulation. So, let's look at Daniel chapter 12 to fully understand what's what's happening here. Daniel chapter 12. 
verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which stands for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there were a nation to that same time. That's talking about the great tribulation. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And verse 3, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. And this is interesting here. I'm going to go down, though, to in verse 11. Daniel 12, verse 11. And from the time, and from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that make of desolate set up. So that's a prophecy letting you know that there's going to be a rebuilt temple with an altar, and they will be giving the daily sacrifices. And what is the daily sacrifices? Let's look at Numbers chapter 28 to understand what the daily sacrifices are. Numbers chapter 28. Verse 3. And thou shalt say unto them, This is the offering made by fire, which ye shall offer unto the Lord, two lambs of the first year without spot, day by day for a continual burnt offering. Verse 4, the one lamb shall they offer in the morning, and the other lamb shall they offer at evening. So that's what the morning and evening sacrifice is, is the, the daily sacrifice. That's what's talked about here in Daniel chapter 12. But what's going to happen is that those sacrifices will be stopped, and that will begin the Great Tribulation. And see, to understand the Great Tribulation, we have to understand the abomination of desolation. And the abomination of desolation is simply what is described in Romans chapter 13, not Romans, but Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13. Verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him, and caused the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he does great wonders, so that he make a fire come down from heaven, like Elijah, on the earth in sight of all men. And deceives them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast which had the sword or the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. So there's going to be an image set up that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the beast, not would cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Okay, so we understand that there's going to be some abomination of desolation and that abomination is the setup of some statue in the temple all right so that involves the, the, the abomination of desolation or the um, great tribulation is going to start when the temple sacrifices are, are stopped because in revelation chapter 11 it reveals the following and there was given me a read Revelation 11, verse 1, And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship there. And so what's going to be occurring here in the end times, is going to be a temple of God, there's going to be an altar, and there's going to be people worshiping there. Verse 2, But the court which is without the temple leave out and measure not, for it is given to the Gentiles. And the holy city, which is Jerusalem, shall they thread underfoot, 42 months, that's three and a half years. In verse 3, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy 1,203 score or 60 days, clothed in sackcloth. So notice that the entire city 
of Jerusalem would be tread underfoot. Not half of it, all of it, for the start of the tribulation. So, to summarize, we must watch and look for the following key events to occur before we can start counting the days before the coming of the Messiah and to understand the great tribulation that started. So you need to take a pen and pencil. I'm not going to go over all these scriptures. I'm just going to just list this for your for your benefit here so that you can start preparing. Because I really sense, ladies and gentlemen, we need to start preparing. We, none of us know we're, when we're going to die. But as long as you're still alive, you need to be preparing to, to, to physically um, preserve your life. But you need to be doing that anyway. There should always be a sense of urgency because none of us know how long we're going to live. We shouldn't wait for a major event to occur to do something. But anyway, while we're still alive, though, we should do all we can to try to preserve our lives. So this is um, uh, all the key events that need to occur before we can start counting the days before the coming of the Messiah and to understand the Great Tribulation that started. First of all, a rebuilt temple of Yah in Jerusalem. This is found in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2, Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, Revelation chapter 11, verse 1 to 2. An altar is set up and rededicated for seven days. This is found in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 9. The daily sacrifice on the altar, uh, if you want to read that in much more detail than I did, Numbers chapter 28, verses 1 to 10. The daily sacrifice stopped. When the sacrifices are stopped is the time we start counting according to Daniel chapter 12, verse 11. And this is also the time we start to flee according to Yeshua's own words. This is found in Matthew chapter 24, 15 to 22. And Yeshua said it is also the time to flee when you see armies surrounding Jerusalem. This is found in Luke chapter 21 and verses 20 to 22. He said, when the armies surround Jerusalem, then you know the abomination of desolation is near. Now, a rebellion will occur, and the anti-Messiah will sit in the temple of Yah, or God, claiming he is God. This is found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. The scripture reveals the anti-Messiah will be revealed in this time. I already told you about the statue in Revelation chapter 13, verse 14 to 15. Uh, some believers will flee to the wilderness for protection. This is found in Revelation chapter 12, 13 and 17. Two witnesses will begin their preaching and will punish anyone that will try to harm them. This is in Revelation chapter 11, verse 1 to 7. The anti-Messiah will begin his persecution of the saints. This is found in Revelation chapter 13, verse 5 to 7. And the false prophet begins his deception on behalf of the geopolitical beast. This is found in Revelation 13, uh, verse 11 to 17. And this false prophet influences people to accept a mark that will allow them to buy and trade. So, what can we all do to prepare for the coming Great Tribulation, folks? Well, the first thing you need to do is obey Yah, or God, by keeping the Torah. This is found in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 33. Study the Bible every day and work on changing and overcoming sins. This is found in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, and Psalm chapter 1. Number three, trust God and don't doubt his power. Don't doubt his power. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11. Never stop praying. This is First Thessalonians 5, verse 17. Study and meditate on Psalm 91. Get Monte Judas, Escape, Survive, and Endure DVD, and his Tribulation Handbook. Uh, you can simply go to lionlamb.net, http, forward slash, forward slash, lion, L-I-O, that's L-I-O-L-A-M-B as in boy, dot net. View the following video by, well, actually you can't click, but what you need to do is go to YouTube and type in Strategic Relocation. And I think there's a few free videos on this over two-hour production on how to best protect yourself and your family in the area that you live in. Uh, you need to stack up on some emergency supplies. Uh, go to eFoods Direct. 
com and emergency essentials. Just Google that and you'll find those uh, stores. So, you know, ultimately, though, ladies and gentlemen, we must depend on Yah and not our own government to save us. And Yah commands us to prepare for emergencies. And this concludes the, not concludes, this includes, <laughs> this includes the tremendous tough times of the Great Tribulation, ladies and gentlemen. So, that's some good information there, but the the thing that you really need to to do to re, to prepare for the great tribulation is to repent of your past sins and then become immersed and then you receive the Holy Spirit. That is the best way that you can prepare for the uh, great tribulation that's going to come upon the whole earth and by obeying. Yah, he promises to protect you and preserve you. So that's something that uh, we need to take serious, ladies and gentlemen. And there's a prophecy here come in Isaiah chapter 24. Isaiah chapter 24. You know, God is serious here in Isaiah chapter 24. says, Behold, Isaiah chapter 24, verse 1, Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty and makes it waste and turns it upside down and scatters abroad the inhabitants thereof. And that shall be as with the people, so with the priests, so with the servant, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lender, so with the borrower, as with the taker of usury, so with the giver of usury to him. The land shall be utterly empty and utterly spoiled, for the Lord has spoken this word. The earth mourns and fades away. The world languishes and fades away. The haughty people of the earth do language. The earth was also defiled under the inhabitants there because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. In verse 6, Therefore have the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men left. So this is a prophecy telling you that um, it's not going to be that many people on the earth during this uh, great tribulation. That's why it's called great tribulation, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we we have to to change. Uh, we we have to repent, and we have to realize that what what it says here in Proverbs six verse twenty three. Proverbs chapter six verse twenty three. It states, "For the commandment is a lamp." And the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. And so we need to learn how to hate evil, ladies and gentlemen. Proverbs 8, verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. So we need to hate those things, ladies and gentlemen, and we need to learn how to love correction. Because that's what life is all about. Let's turn to Psalms 141, starting in verse 5. It says, Let the righteous smite me. It shall be a kindness, and let him reprove me. It shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head, for yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. So, this is David wrote this, and he was very humble. He... um, he appreciated a righteous man correcting him. And we should not run away from correction. Um, correction is a sign of love to those who know how to, to do it properly. And, you know, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse, verses 5 to 11, it states the following, Also, you have forgotten the counsel which speaks with you as sons. My son, don't despise the discipline of Adonai, or become despondent when he corrects you. For Adonai disciplines those he loves and whips everyone he accepts as a son. And I'm just going to skip down to this verse. Now, all discipline, while it is happening, does indeed seem painful, not enjoyable. But for those who have been trained by it, it later produces its peaceful fruit, which is righteousness. This is found in Hebrews chapter 12 starting in verse 5 to 11. 
it's very important to understand that we must not avoid and resist correction because God will not continue to give us his Holy Spirit if we do that. Let's turn to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, starting in verse 32. And we are his witness of these things, and so is also, says the Holy Ghost, which the Holy Spirit is also the Holy Spirit whom God has given to them that obey him. So you have to obey him to receive the Holy Spirit, and you can resist the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 7, through being rebellious and disobedient. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. He's stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. So do you. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, and you can quench the Holy Spirit if you're rebellious. First Corinthians chapter, I mean, I'm sorry, First Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 19. Quench not the Spirit. So, only through the Holy Spirit can any human being truly change and understand the Bible. That's why it's important uh, to repent and change so that you can receive the Holy Spirit. He states here in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 23 to 33. says, Repent when I reprove. This is in the complete Jewish Bible version for clarity's sake. Repent when I reprove. Repent when I reprove. I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Because you refused when I called, and no one paid attention when I put out my hand. But instead you neglected my counsel and would not accept my reproof. I, in turn, will laugh at your distress and mock when terror comes over you. Yes, when terror overtakes you like a storm and your disaster approaches like a whirlwind when distress and trouble assail you. Then they will call me, but I won't answer. They will seek me earnestly, but they won't find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of Adonai. They refused my counsel, and they despise my reproof. So they will hear the consequences of their own way and be overfilled with their own schemes. For the aimless wandering of the thoughtless will kill them, and the smug overconfidence of fools will destroy them. But those who pay attention to me will live securely, untroubled by fear of misfortune. This is found in Proverbs 1, verses 23 to 33 in the complete Jewish Bible version. And so this is important to understand. We can have all biblical knowledge and give all our goods to the poor, but if we don't keep the commandments, which is simply uh, keeping the commandments, uh, loving is keeping the commandments, not neglecting any of them toward our fellow being. This is found in 2 John verse 1 and 6 and 1 John 5 verse 3. 2 John 1 verse 6, 1 John 5 verse 3. Then our knowledge and giving is nothing. Many people think that they could just give, 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 and God will overlook their sins. Not if you keep on sinning, he's not going to overlook it. He's going to eventually demand that you repent. He's not going to make you if you don't want to repent, and he'll just throw you in a lake of fire. And I'm sure many of the people that listen to me have no desire whatsoever uh, to be thrown in the lake of fire. I'm sure that it's not going to be a pleasant experience for anybody to um, be thrown in the lake of fire, ladies and gentlemen. So, we're talking about repentance, and we're talking about the importance of changing so that we can enter the kingdom of God. And we have talked about what the Great Tribulation is and how to properly prepare for it. So we've talked about all those things. We've talked about Tishabah, which is going to happen on the 16th of July, based on the Jewish calendar. Uh, we don't know if something will happen, but it's wise to see if something could happen. It's wise to be prepared if something does happen, because historically some major events in, in Jewish history has happened um, on that day. So we need to pay attention to that. So, what, again, this religion, which the Bible 
pure religion the Bible defines in James. James chapter 1, starting in verse 27, it states the following. It says, pure religion, which the word religion in the Greek means pure worship, or pure worshiping and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So we shouldn't let the ways of this world influence us to do wickedness. And so that that's the important thing to remember in reference to that. So, again, focusing on the importance of uh, repenting and changing because if if we don't if we don't understand that we all need to change our behavior, we are certainly not going to uh, make it into the kingdom of God. And so the process of repentance certainly requires the following found in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3 to 4. Matthew 18, verse 3 to 4. It states plainly, yes, I tell you that unless you change and become like little children, you won't even enter the kingdom of heaven. So the greatest in the kingdom is whoever makes himself as humble as his child. That's found in Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 3 to 4. You know, learning about various biblical topics, biblical Hebrew and prophecy is good. However, we must also learn how to change our behavior. And this is simply the reason why the Word of Yah commands us all to repent and change to enter the kingdom of heaven. Our priority first is to change our behavior and learn how to be a better person. The entire Bible and qualified elders, pastors, bishops, or teachers are our tools to help us to um, understand the Bible. Like in 2 Timothy. Let's turn there. 2 Timothy. Chapter uh, 3, starting at verse 15. States plainly, And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. So those people who are parents, you need to be training your kids from um, as a child or as early as possible, as soon as they can read these scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. In verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So again, there's a process of changing. There's a process that we have to follow. Uh, men, uh, generally, in most cases, uh, are used by God to help you understand the truth, ladies and gentlemen. And we have to understand that in Acts chapter 8 is an example of that. Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 30, states the following. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? In verse 31, and he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And see, that's that's a significant scripture because it shows you that God uses men to help other men and women understand the scriptures. Numbers. Numbers. Chapter 8. Starting in verse 7. And thus shalt thou do unto them to, to cleanse them, sprinkle water, purifying. And I think I have the wrong verse here. I hate when I do that. Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. Starting in verse 7. It states the following. Also, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, well, there's several of them here. And the Levites cause the people to understand the law. So that word cause in the original Hebrew, um, it means um, the demonstration of entity, 
properly self. Well, that's what it means. Anyway, I'll just use the word cause in this case <laughs> to understand. Okay. It says, And the Levites caused the people to understand the law or the Torah, and the people stood in their place. That means a man, uh, more often than not, will be teaching you how to understand the Bible. Some man. Verse 8, so they read in the book, in the law, so they read in the book, in the law of God, distinctively, and gave the sense. So they gave them the ability to understand and caused them to understand the reading, which is interesting. And Nehemiah, which is the, um, which is the Tushata, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, this day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not nor weep, for all the people wept and when they heard the words of the law. And that's interesting too. They really appreciated um they really did appreciate learning and understanding the word of God. And they started in the morning, as you read in this patches in Nehemiah in Nehemiah chapter eight, they spent the night well actually not Oh, in Nehemiah chapter 8, uh, it talked about, let me go to Nehemiah chapter 8 in the, in the beginning here. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 1, And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. In verse 2, And Ezra the priest bought the law before the congregation. So the entire Torah, or the first five books, was brought before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seven months. So this was a holy convocation. This is similar to how Shabbat should be kept. In verse 3, And he read there before the street, that before the water gate, from the morning until midday, and before the men and the women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive until the book of the law. So that's, very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. They were attentive, and that's what we need to be. We need to be attentive and ready to change when necessary. Ready to change when necessary. And again, true ministers or Torah teachers, they they give the sense on how to understand the Bible. In verse 8 of Nehemiah 8, Verse 8, and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And so we need, in most cases, we need men to help us understand the scriptures. That's how God helps you to understand the Bible. So we're entering into a time, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be tough here these these coming years ahead. And, you know, I, I must warn you, I must tell you that things are going to be pleasant. I just sense it right now. Isaiah chapter 3 verse 1. For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, does take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff. That means the ability to take care of yourself, to feed yourself. The whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water. The mighty man. There's not too many real men here in the world. And the man of war, the judge, the prophet, and the prudent, and the ancient, the captain of fifty, and the honorable man, and the counselor, and the cunning artificer, and the eloquent orator. And I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. And the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly against the agent, and the base against the honorable. When a man shall take hold of his brother, of the house of his father, saying, Thou hast clothing, be thou our ruler, and let us rule, rule be under thy hand. And that day he shall swear, saying, I will not be a healer, for in my house is neither bread nor clothing. Make me not a ruler of the people. So these are things, ladies and gentlemen, that are going to come in the future because the majority of mankind uh, either does not know how to repent or they refuse to repent. But the good news is that this gospel will go around the world by the two witnesses. That's revealed in Revelation chapter 11 and Revelation chapter 14, verse 6. It says, an angel will preach the gospel around the world. 
So when the start of the great tribulation or great trouble or spanking begins, that's when people will wake up, ladies and gentlemen. That is when they will wake up to reality. But if you hear me, you've had eyes to hear and um, and eyes to see, ears to hear rather, and eyes to see, then you don't have to wait to the great tribulation to wake up, ladies and gentlemen. He's calling you to wake up now. So I'm going to pause. Uh, please listen to this um, commercial, and I'll be right back. This ministry gives biblical teachings for free, and we will never sell our teachings. The Lord commands us to give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. This is found in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so have the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. This is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13 to 14. The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. This is found in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. We are not a 501c3 church or religious organization that is associated with the federal or state government of this world. Therefore, your contributions to this work of Elohim, God, are not tax-deductible. However, we appreciate any tithes, offerings, or donations you are willing to give to this work of God. Your contributions will help us to continue to preach the good news of the peaceful and wonderful kingdom of God to as many people as possible over the Internet. To help us preach this important message to as many people as possible, go to our website, MercifulServanceOfGod.com, and click the yellow Donate button. Thank you, and may God bless you. Okay, I'm back here, ladies and gentlemen. So to sum this up, we need to prepare for the worst. We need to understand what Noah did. Uh, he did this in Hebrews chapter... 11, verse 7, and he said these days will be similar to the days of Noah. By faith, Hebrews 11, verse 7, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Folks, it's time to prepare for the great tribulation, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have that much time left. There's going to be a lot of things going on. I can't predict what dates and what time. But it's pretty obvious that the handwriting is on the wall. We need to prepare for the worst, ladies and gentlemen. As long as I'm able to do this program, I will continue to warn you. But it's up to you to change, to start repenting, start studying the Bible to change, not to find out when Messiah is coming back and you aren't even trying to change. That doesn't even make any sense. So, um, until next time, may Yah bless and keep you, and God willing, I'll be available for you next time. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.